Hey y'all, I'm Melanie. And I'm Jason. And you're listening to the Old North State Podcast. We're bringing you on a deep dive into all things North Carolina. Hello. Good evening. Good evening, foolish mortal. Yeah. Welcome back to the Old North State Podcast. Welcome. Where we are celebrating Lake Norman Monster Week. Woohoo! Every year, um, Discovery Channel does Shark Week, Ooh-ha-ha. which is a very fun thing to do. Um, but here in Spooky Charlotte, we celebrate Lake Norman Monster Week. Hopefully, this past week you've enjoyed content I've put on the Instagram account. Maybe you met us at our meetup. Maybe you listened to last year's episodes where we did the history of Lake Norman as well as a feature on the Lake Norman monster. Maybe you even watched our short um, new segment about the Lake Norman monster where we talk about him, and so do other people. (laughs) Um, Today, we're going to be chatting about a few different tales from Lake Norman. Um, But before we do... I am ready for our county this week. Yes. It is Caswell County, which is uh, along the Virginia border, and it is named after Richard Caswell, who lived from 1729 to 1789, and he was a member of the First Continental Congress and first governor of the North Carolina, of the North Carolina, of North Carolina after the Declaration of Independence. Hmm. It is, it was... Formed, established in 1777, and the county seat is Yanceyville, and Yanceyville is not in Yancey County. Interesting. Which is one of my biggest pet peeves of this state. Don't you hate when they do that? Yeah, it's like, Yanceyville's not in Yancey County. Why? That makes no sense to me. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) It just doesn't. (laughs) Yeah, I know what you mean. There's, there's... A few examples of that, right? There's many. Yeah. Great. Everything about this state makes sense. It does. (laughs) So, there are three different things that I want to chat about in this episode. Um, Last year, when we did the history, we talked about how the lake was created, which it was a man-made lake um, back in the 60s because Duke Power wanted the power. So now there's 10 dams and 11 lakes, Lake Norman being the largest. I got the power. If you were to go to my Instagram account, SpookyCLT, today, you would be able to, um, if you were to click on the link tree, you can see um, a link that says what lies beneath Lake Norman, which is, it brings you to the Davidson College school has this thing where like it's a map of lake norman and then you can scroll above it and it'll show you like what's underneath the water there and there's like houses and mills and an airplane and there are seven cemeteries and i want to talk about those cemeteries today um just to give you all a little list and to have you think about how spooky it is under the lake if you hear scratching it's because finley 
is trying to attack the guest bed just for fun. He's got the crazy eyes. He does have the crazy eyes. And we're just fueling him on <laughs> by saying his name, <laughs> summoning him like Beetlejuice. So the first one is Baker Cemetery. In 1961, Baker Cemetery was moved to its current location in the graveyard of the Center Presbyterian Church in Mooresville, 3.5 miles northeast from its original location. Then there is the Caldwell Family Cemetery, also in 1961. Um, it, was, it would have been flooded by the waters of Lake Norman, and it is relocated to McKendree United Methodist Church Cemetery in Mooresville. The cemetery contains eight graves, all belonging to the members of the Caldwell family. Gravestones ranged from 1833 to 1865. So they had a good 100-year slumber before they got kicked out and moved to another neighborhood. Of course. There was then the Clark Family Cemetery. Um, it was relocated uh, from its original location to a new cemetery site on land owned at the time by Duke Power. The cemetery contains 13 graves belonging to the Clark and Hill families. Gravestones ranged from 813 to 875. The Cornelius Family Cemetery uh, was relocated from its original location to the Rehoboth United Methodist Church Cemetery in Sherrills Ford, North Carolina. The cemetery contains eight graves, all belonging to the members of the Cornelius family and the uh, gravestones ranged in date from 1827 to 1886. Um, then there was the Fleming Cemetery. And it was relocated also to the Rehoboth United Methodist Church Cemetery in Sherrills Ford. The cemetery contained six graves, all belonging to members of the Fleming family. And those gravestones were from 1814 to 1896. It's a... Wide. That's a very long time ago. Um, and then last but not least, there's the Little Family Cemetery. And it was relocated located from its original location to the United Presbyterian Church Cemetery in Catawba Springs, North Carolina. Cemetery had three graves, all belonging to members of the Little Family. Um, and that's the list. There's only seven of them. They're Allegedly. Well, yeah. So... Um, a lot of what you'll see on that map that I mentioned before under the waters of Lake Norman are plantations. As you can imagine, those plantations would also have cemeteries, not only for the families, but for the enslaved that they used. And those cemeteries would be filled, but unmarked. Correct. So when, or if they were marked, it would be by river stones or by um, different flowers, mm -hmm. um, but not headstones. And so when Duke Energy was buying land from these people and trying to do their due diligence to get everyone off the land, um, either they did that work and did not tell anyone about it, or more than likely they just ignored the fact that there were cemeteries there and just let them uh, fill up with water. Yeah. So um, if anyone tells you they moved the bodies... Um, Ask they them didn't which move ones. All of them. Yeah. Yeah. Something to think about next time you're out drinking on the lake for the 4th of July. Think about how many bodies are underneath you. Hmm. Do you know what else is underneath you? 
Normie, <laughs> the Lake Norman monster. <laughs> so last year we did a feature on him um, where we talked about different theories. What was your favorite theory, I ask, as you shriek in pain <laughs> from something? Yeah, I just got a, a muscle spasm go up my back. It's not fun. Um, what do you think Normie is? I don't... You've had a lifetime to think about it. I know, but you're putting me on the spot. <laughs> I believe that Normie is an interdimensional being brought here by aliens. Couldn't have said it better myself. So, um, <laughs> one of the main things that keeps the Lake Norman monster um, mythology alive is not only people like you and I, who talk about him constantly, but also LakeNormanMonster.com, in which case you can submit any sightings you have and read other submissions by other people. Last year, we said a few, and this year I'm going to say, uh, say a few more, because, excitingly enough, there was one reported this year. It happened on January 10th, 2022. It was reported by a gentleman named Marcus Little, and he was in Cheryl's Ford at the time. Mm. And he said, and I quote, I was down on the pier, crappy fishing, and there were seagulls feeding on bait fish about 50 yards from the dock. I was looking at them, and I noticed something sticking out of the water, but it was moving. The head was going forward, and then it would slow to a stop and take off again. I was like, what is that freaking thing? Question mark, exclamation point. It was like a brown color. About as big as a goose's body, but it was no goose! Exclamation point. A goose? Yeah, he said, but it was no goose. It, but it was as big as a goose's body. The head was as big as a goose's body. The head, okay, mm -hmm. okay. It moved about 20 feet, then slowly went under. I was blown away by whatever it was, dot, dot, dot. And I'm not crazy, he says. <laughs> Could it have been Normie? My phone was dead when I finally got to, when I finally got to it to take a shot. Mike could. Of course. Thank you, Marcus Little. We believe you. Um, another one happened pretty but recently. Is it Marcus Little of the Little Family who's had their... Oh, my gosh. Marcus, if you're listening, we need to chat. <laughs> All right. This one is by an anonymous source. Happened on October 4th. Identify yourself. October 4th, 2020. And they said, I saw it from a distance but it looked to be a catfish as big as a school bus. It was absolutely breathtaking. I was watching the water and a massive black blob appeared about 150 yards away. It was definitely some kind of beast. If I saw a massive, or that's the end of the quote. If I okay. saw a massive black blob, I would automatically assume that it was sewage. I mean, Lake Norman is known for its sewage, so... Oh, is it? Um, Alright, another one. Lake Norman Monster Sighting, Crown Harbor Marina, January 8th, 2012. Sighting reported by Anonymous. They said, So I had been telling the story for a while of a fall day. Me and my friend who also lived in Crown Harbor were on her dock. We went every single day and sat out there and swam if it was warm. But we were always out there. 
Well, on this day, it was pretty foggy and chilly, and we went over, and both of us saw a super big creature making a hump in the water. It was dark black and, like, huge. Not a snake. It was crazy. Me and her looked at each other and freaked out. I've never seen anything like it. We were terrified. I lived over there for a while and fished all the time. Another time, me and my friend were down at the dock, and it was nighttime, and something huge jumped at us. <laughs> um, it jumped at us like it was trying to eat us. We took off running. I'm so scared to know what's under there, but I'm curious. I just now am posting this because I got curious about the history of Lake Norman and came across this page and was spooked at how many people have the same story and description of this creature that I do. Spooky, right? So, fun fact. Fun fact. Um, many of you know I got a new job, um, and I am now working on Lake Norman. So mm. that's where our office complex is located, and we have walking trails uh, all along the lake. So on Tuesday, I decided I needed to get out and take a little walk. Mm -hmm. So I'm walking, and I just hear a little a little splash over in the water and I was like oh, it's Normie but then it wasn't very big no sorry Normie Jr. <laughs> it was just a little fish <laughs> but I looked I was looking yes you were hunting if you were <laughs> hunting not to kill hunting just to find mm -hmm, mm -hmm. hunting for knowledge exactly all right so another Lake Norman sighting this one happened July 15th 1987 Good Lord. Good Lord. Anonymous. We course. weren't even born. Mm-hmm. So they said a very large eel, seen it up close approximately 10 to 15 feet away, head and neck prominently above water, head resembled a horse. I synced it. Head resembled a horse with large <laughs> nostril and a spiny dorsal that looked like a horse's mane. Water horse. A oh, seahorse, nice. if you will, or a lake horse. A lake horse. I love it. <laughs> Um, last one that I'll share, but the website is filled with dozens, dozens of us. <laughs> this one was from June 30th, 2014, reported by a guy named Zach. Ugh. What if it's our friend, Zach? Judson? <laughs> I always forget that he goes by Zach now. <laughs> right? All right. <laughs> this one says, the dang fish looked about dang 200 pounds. <laughs> He come up out of water and showed me his teeth. He was jumping around near my boat and pulled some chicken livers and threw it on the line. I'm reading this word for word. <laughs> all of a sudden, that big boy hunked onto my line and pulled like all get out. By Joe, it was Normie. I was reeling him in and trying to throw him a quick pinch of wintergreen at the same time. What? I don't know. When I was holding it with one arm, he pulled as hard as a four-wheeler stuck in the mud. Normie snapped my pole and left me wondering for the rest of my life. <laughs> I love it. I just... Fantastic. Thank you, Zach. Thanks for sharing. I feel, so, like, I feel like if it was our Zach, though, he would have told us by now. He would have. Or, unless he just doesn't want to admit it. Which <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that could also be true. <laughs> so, a little while ago, um, there is this event at Elmwood Cemetery in Charlotte. Um, it's this day where a bunch of people dress up as historic people that are buried in the cemetery, and they diff tell different stories of the person that was buried there. I went to this event and walked around and talked to a bunch of the people, and one guy 
um, who I was talking to. I don't even remember who he was acting like because the conversation just went. <laughs> it got derailed. It got derailed, <laughs> mind you. And I told him about the podcast, and he said that he worked for Lake Norman Wildlife for a while. So naturally, <laughs> I asked him um, what he thought about the Lake Norman monster. Um, and he said three things that will stick with me. Um, he said, one, that it's fake and Captain Gus is a liar. Um, Captain Gus is a Lake Norman legend. No. Captain Gus is a Lake Norman figure. Let's call him <laughs> he, a figure. <laughs> uh, he does, like, lake cruises. Um, he brings people out fishing and stuff. He has been on record saying a bunch of times that the Lake Norman monster is the result of a mad scientist who is crossbreeding fish. Um, so this guy said he was friends with Captain Gus, and Captain Gus just likes to share stories like that for fun. And who can blame him? Here yeah. we are with microphones <laughs> in our hands doing the same thing. <laughs> um, and then at number two, he said that Lake Norman has recently have been finding transgendered fish in the water, fish with different body parts. Um, the lamp's unplugged because the fan's on. Dare you? You did it with your hair dryer. Um, <laughs> sorry to get off topic. <laughs> um, so there have been fish found in Lake Norman that have both um, male and female genitalia. Sorry, I misspoke. Hermaphrodite. That's yeah. That's the word I was looking for. Um, his theory was because the lake is runoff for um, the entire area that. Um, well, no, he thought that it was the hormones that get in the water through everyone's urine and stool. Mm. Um, there are, I mean, sewage spills. Yeah, there, I mean, it's not even a spill. It's just like them doing it. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> um, that, so that stuck with me. And then the third thing is some of you may remember from last year's Lake Norman monster special. I told a story about how a good friend of mine, Ben, um, he put a submission on the Lake Norman Monster website because he did not see Normie, but he did lose his iguana. And he wanted to warn people that there could be a monster-looking thing floating around. Um, so with that in mind, here I was Aww. talking to this stranger in the cemetery, and he said that the only time that he was called out because someone thought that they had a monster on their dock, um, they visited this older woman, they went out to her dock, and what did they find? An iguana. Was it Ben's iguana? Well, so I text, I asked the guy, I was like, do you remember where this was? And he was, oh gosh, it was 15 years ago, um, but somewhere off of exit 33. So I texted Ben, I was like, exit 33, were you close to that? And he said, hell yeah, man. <laughs> so oh. the, either there was multiple iguanas hanging around Lake Norman. Could be. Or 15 years later... <laughs> We finally have some answers about where can Ben's closure. pet went. Some closure. Some closure. How funny. And hopefully that iguana went to live on a farm with all of the other iguanas. <laughs> exactly. <Wink. laughs> all right. I have one last quick story of um, Lake Norman. Um, I was looking for a ghost story. So I just typed in, you know, a lot of times there's urban legends of like ladies of the lake. That's a prominent one, so I, I searched for that for Lake Norman. There was a few ghost stories, but none of them I felt were really good enough to share yet. Um, but there was one story 
of A Lady of the Lake that really stuck with me, so I'll share it with you all now. But on in August 1957, two men from the Morrisville um, Tribune headed out to take pictures of the area that was about to be Lake Norman. So 1957, the lake construction had started to clear it out, but it was not a lake yet. So what they found instead was a woman. And not just any particular woman, though. They found in the forest what they described as the most beautiful woman they've ever seen. And that woman was 16-year-old Dorothy Brown. Uh, they thought that she was so beautiful that they decided to write about it in the newspaper. <laughs> so Dorothy was one of 10 children in the Brown family, and she was a 16-year-old high school dropout. There's nothing wrong with that during There's that time period. Absolutely not. She was just, you know, doing her duties of taking care of her family. Um, these two random guys started taking pictures from her from afar. And it's not creepy at all. Oh, it's very creepy. But they wrote about her, and in their article, they described her as a statuesque young girl carved from the classical patterns of Greek goddesses. They also said a fairy tale, but only real. And then she was dubbed a living, in quotations, Long Sam, which I guess Long Sam is from a newspaper comic in the 50s, which was like a representation of a beautiful mountain woman who was pure and too good for men. So they must have been familiar with this comic and thought to themselves, wow, we just found a beautiful mountain woman who is pure and too good for men. So the column... As we all are. <laughs> The, the column from the Morrisville Tribune then got shared on um, the Charlotte Observer, and then it caught national attention, and the Associated Press released an article with the titles like The Backwoods Beauty and Nature Girl. Um, so her picture was being shared all across the country to the point where she was even invited on the Ed Sullivan Show, and Life Magazine did a feature about her calling her a living doll. Just think if, like, you were out in the middle of the woods, you know, just doing chores for your family. Two random guys take a picture of you, and next thing you know, you're being flown off to a Ed night Sullivan. show in New York. Um, so, yeah, Dorothy did not like any of this. Um, she had no interest in living this type of lifestyle. So she took the money that she made, which was around... $1,000 from her Ed Sullivan appearance. Um, after that, she rejected any other um, interviews, TV appearances, articles, or whatever. She took her money, signed up to be or to join the Women's Teaching School at UNC, and she lived as a teacher um, until she retired. The last little bit writ written about her was in 2013 saying that she was retired, still living in Mecklenburg County. Um, I haven't seen anything written about her since, so if she is still with us today, she would be 81 years old. Good for her. Right? Living her best life. Yeah. $1,000 in 1957 would be $10,620 today. That would not cover school tuition. Nope. Not so, today. Dorothy Brown, you uh, <laughs> you got the better end of that deal, sis. Absolutely. Good for you. And if you're Googling your name and you find this, um, we're sorry for continuing <laughs> this fame for you. 
but we think you're very special and we are happy to tell your story. Um, but we will not ask you to come on TV. No, live your best life. Live your best life. All right. So that concludes tales of Lake Norman today. I hope you enjoyed Lake Norman monster week. Um, hopefully you also did something for shark week. Um, I love how shark week has been steering away from like killer vicious animals to majestic creatures that deserve to be saved. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like how I feel Normie. about Normie. Yes. Yes. Anything you want to add? Um, no. Cool. We will see you next week where we talk about something strange. Just a little strange, though. A little strange. Could be some strange thing. I don't know. I don't know. You'll have to <laughs> stick or you'll have to come back next week and find out. Yep. Okay, bye. <laughs> Sources for today's episode can be found on our website at anchor.fm slash Old North State Pod. If you want to send us a topic suggestion, a funny story, or if you just want to say hi, you can email us at oldnorthstatepod at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at Old North State Pod. Cheers, y'all! <laughs>